Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So if you will, just turn with me to uh, Genesis 37. We're going to start in verse 3. And it says here that now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then, verse 9 says, Then he dreamed still another dream, dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And, and this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Let's go down to verse 18. It says, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. What we will see what he will become of this dream we shall see what will become of this dream. Deeper. We are, as a church, we are going deeper. We're going deeper in our relationship with the Lord. God's calling us deeper, a deeper trust in him. For the next three weeks, we're going to talk about trusting God in all seasons. Somebody say all seasons. seasons. Say trust God in all seasons. seasons. Father, thank you for this time that we can gather here together, Lord. We know that you're always moving, Lord, and we know that you're going to move today. Father God, we're here, our arms wide open, hearts ready, prepared to hear what you will have to say to us today. 
Lord, just give us a word that would just transform our lives forever, forever. God, thank you for calling me to be your vessel today. What a great honor it is, Lord. Father, we don't want regular church. We don't want regular church. We want to see you move. Think with my mind to speak through my vocal cords today. Let it be you and only you today. Have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on, give them a shout. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, if you're not shouting, the angels are shouting. If you're not shouting, the rock, rocks are crying out to him. Come on. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Joseph, the life of Joseph, how he actually trusted God in all seasons, in all seasons, right? So Joseph was a powerful, powerful man. I mean, he went from a pit to the palace, right? But it's the in-between what we need to learn, Amen. right? Because we get caught up in the, in the story, oh, he rose up out of a pit and went to the palace, right? But we don't, we don't realize what happened in between. There's so much we can learn from the life of Joseph, Joseph what God did in between. That's where the power is. That's where the growth comes from. Come right? It's not when you're in the palace. It's the in between. But Joseph was powerful. Actually, uh, a lot of scholars say that he is a type of Christ. When we say a person is a type of Christ, we are, we are saying that someone in the Old Testament behaves, right, in, in a way that corresponds with the character or the action of Jesus in the New Testament. It's a parallel, right? It's like your life is pointing to Jesus. Some type of event is pointing to Jesus. If you think about Joseph and, and Jesus' life, uh, they both kind of started their ministry at uh, around 30 years old, right? Um, so they both were falsely accused. Some parallel there, right? They both had to forgive people who wronged them, and they both got put to death by their own people. There's a parallel there. But with Joseph, it all started with this coat. It all started, like all hell broke loose when he received this coat. So much friction, right, between him, him and his family because of this coat. Now, I got to say, it was bad parenting by Jacob. <laughs> like, you got all those kids, right, and you favor one. I mean, he just set up his own son. He had older brothers, so his older brothers beat him up because his father showed favoritism, right? I mean, that couldn't happen in my household, boy. Nah, listen, <laughs> I have older brother and older sister, right? We're all just a year apart, and my mom, my, my dad knew that they had to, you know, uh, when you give uh, one person one thing, you have to give it to the rest, too. You can't, 
you know, you, you, can't, you can't set someone up because we know it'll be fights up in my household. <laughs> oh, yeah. And see, I, you may not know this about me, but I, I was the antagonist. <laughs> I, was the, I was the jokester. You may not know that about me. Let me catch you by surprise. <laughs> and so I remember times that my mom would be in the kitchen and um, she, she, when she's usually in the kitchen, she's cooking, she always loved to have her soda. And we weren't allowed kids to have soda. We weren't allowed. We weren't in Texas, right? We just, <laughs> it's Connecticut. You're not allowed to have soda. So we weren't allowed to have soda. So I'll be in the kitchen with my mom and I, you know, I say to mom, mom, can I have some of your soda? She's like, no, mom, can I have some, can I have some of your soda? Mom, I just want a little some of your soda. I will wear her down. And then she will eventually give me her soda. So me being the antagonist, the antagonist right? I will run where my siblings are, right? And I'm drinking this stuff. Mm, mm. And they look at me like, oh my gosh, where you get that soda from? Where you get that soda from? I'm like, mommy bought me a soda. Mommy bought me a soda. All oh, oh, hell broke loose, man. Mommy get us a soda. My, my brother chasing me, punching me, because he didn't get a soda, and I got the soda. Amen? So I'm sure that is what Joseph did, right? He received his coat of many colors, and his brothers didn't get one. So he's probably like, Oh, look at this coat. Ooh. It's just like, man, this is so beautiful. Look at this coat. Where y'all coat? Y'all got, y'all got, where, where your coat at? I don't see your coat. Y'all got a coat? What? So he probably caused all this trouble because of this one coat, right? His brothers hated him, hated him. But you know, they hated him because they hated what the coat represented. See, the coat represented the call in Joseph's life, the call over his life, so they, so they hated it. So when you receive a call of God in your life, his brothers were a type of enemy. The enemy really hates you because of the call. Another parallel that we need to talk about between Jesus and Joseph, which I think is extremely powerful. Do you know that both Jesus and Joseph had their coats stripped from them and dipped in blood? Powerful, isn't it? It's powerful, isn't it? So let's, so Revelations 19, 13 says, he, Jesus, was clothed with a, a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. Genesis 37, 31 says, So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of, of, a, of the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Isn't that powerful? So what's that saying? So doesn't that sound like salvation? That we get stripped from our old life, and God takes us and dips us in blood. Isn't that powerful? It's like it's all in the blood. It's all in the blood. It was a, it's an awesome parallel. It's like so, so Joseph's life, his call was already anointed because it was dipped in blood. Are you with me this morning? 
So that's just such an awesome parallel. So when you receive a call of God in your life, it's already anointed because it's covered by the blood. Somebody says covered, covered by the blood. Come on, say it again. It's covered by the blood. It's sealed with the blood of God. Amen. So the enemy, enemy can strip whatever he needs to strip from you, but he cannot take the plan of God. Amen. So they strip Jesus' coat, his robe, whatever you want to call it, right? But it never stopped him from going to the cross. They were actually helping him get to the cross. They were actually helping him fulfill the promise of God. So the enemy can steal whatever he can strip, whatever he wants from you, but it will never stop the plan of God Amen. on your life. It will never stop the plan of God on your life. Amen. I was, when I was reading that, I was like, man, that's God, you're awesome. You're awesome. So we need, let's talk about Joseph. Like, let's talk about the in-between. This is powerful. We need to, we really need to talk about, let's learn from Joseph. How to trust God in all seasons is extremely important. This real life stuff. Just imagine Joseph, 17 years old. He had everything going for himself. They, they said he was handsome. And, you know, he had a lot going for himself. He had favor on his life, right, from his, from his father, right? Then he had this dream, these dreams, and he felt good about himself. Then all of a sudden, things changed, right? Things changed. He gets beat up by his brother and brothers and thrown in a pit, thrown in a pit. So he went from a dream to the pit. I believe most people give up right here. You receive a promise from God, right? But then get, get a, a, a challenge or, or problems come or trials come. And then a lot of people quit during this time, during this time, right? So most people give up during this time. So he went from a, a, a dream to a pit. Right. So he must have said, I have favor, but I have problems. It's like my season doesn't match my dream. It's like I, I have favor, but I got all these problems. It's like it's got, God gave me, it's like, why? Why should I trust God now, right, where he, when he promised me this good life, this powerful life? Like, why should I trust God now? He told me what I was going to become. He told me what was going to happen in my life. But all of a sudden, I get thrown in the pit. I get thrown in the pit. My dream, my season doesn't match. My dream. So the interesting thing about Joseph, which we, we are going to learn about him, which I really love about Joseph, he may have been in a pit, but he had a palace mentality. He kept his eyes on the promise. He kept his eyes right on his call. He kept his eyes on the promise. He, he may have been in the pit, but he had a palace mentality. Amen. 
So he, know, he, he knew that this was just a pit stop. Some people, when God calls us, right, when God tells us that he, we're going to a new level, we go, we get thrown in a pit. Sometimes some people, right, make it a pit fall and not a pit stop. It's only a pit stop. Like God's got to do some things in you. Amen. So it's, it's just a, it was just a pit stop for Joseph. So he knew he kept his eyes. We're going to learn he kept his eyes on the promise. He kept his eyes on the dream. Are you with me? We have to understand that trusting in God is not a feeling. It is a decision to obey. Amen. Amen. See, you hear a lot of people say, you know, I got, I got, I got trust issues. I got, I got trust issues. But really, they have issues obeying. Like you haven't made a decision to obey. You haven't made a decision to walk in forgiveness. You haven't made a decision to walk in humility. You haven't made a decision to be merciful. That is the real problem. So we say that we have trust issues, but really we have issues obeying. It's a, so trusting in God, it's that, come on, some days I wake up and I'm trying to figure out who I am. I don't feel like trusting God. Like, I don't feel, oh, I'm sorry, y'all may be too spiritual for, for me, but it's okay. I'm being real with our Father. But there's some days, like, I don't feel like, some days I feel like I'm in the pit and I'm never going to get out of the pit. So it's hard to trust God when things around you are going bad. Is any, can, I get a, can I get a witness? Like old school church. Can I get a witness? So some days I don't feel like trusting God. But I understand it is not a feeling. So what I do, I just make the decision to obey him and follow his ways because he said it. Right. I may not understand it, but he said it. So I'm just going to keep taking the steps that he ordered in my life. It is not a feeling. I don't feel like moving forward, but I need to do it anyway because he said it. Yes. Because he said it. It's not a feeling. It is not a feeling. It's a decision to obey. If you, if we cannot trust God in a pit, he won't trust us in a palace. That's right. I said it. He told me to say it. We don't trust him in a pit. How on earth is he going to trust us in the palace. Right? Character is not built in the palace. It's built in the pit. That's real life stuff right there. Because that's when who you are is revealed when you are in the pit. That's where you need to be so God can build your character. 
right? Because as he builds your character in the pit, it will be revealed in the palace. Everyone else would get blessed. Everyone else in the palace would be blessed. Everyone wants to follow you because of your pit experience, because of the pit stop. We all right? Yeah. Come on, Pastor Steve, he, he must, oh man, he, where's my backup? He all the way back there, come on. But trusting God is not a feeling, it's a decision to obey. It's a decision to obey. So we have, to, the Bible says that we trust God with all of our hearts, so that we won't lean on our own understanding, right? And then he will direct our paths. That is us. He says to trust him with all of our heart. So that means we can't pick and choose what we trust God for. So he says, no, trust me with all of her. That means you take your heart and you literally give it to him. You trust him with your heart. Right? And then he will transform it. He will transform your heart. So then whatever comes, whatever he puts in it will come out. Because our heart is like a sponge. Right? So whatever we absorb, absorb, right? And then once you get tested, right? That, what, what was put in it will come out. So if you're never in his presence, if you're never reading the word of God, if you're never praying, right, right, something other than God is going to come out when you are challenged. So this is why he is saying, my people, listen, trust me with all of your heart. Like you don't have to pick and choose what you need to trust me for. Trust me with everything. No, matter of fact, you don't even have to think about the things you need to trust me with. Just give me your heart. Amen. I'll transform it. Just give me your heart. I'll transform it. Trust them with all of your heart. All of your heart. Isn't that awesome? We don't pick and choose what we trust God for. Just give them our hearts. Give them our hearts. So when we don't make the decision to obey make the decision to obey him, trust him, it's a pit mentality. It's not a palace mentality, it's a pit mentality. Because that mentality keeps us in the pit. Are you with me? Oh, man. Oh, man. So, let's talk about how Joseph really trusts. Trusted God. How did he actually trust the God? So this first week, we're just going to briefly talk about Joseph trusted God in his brokenness. Mm. He trusted him in his brokenness. Now, mind you, he had everything going on. He received this dream, these dreams. He received this beautiful coat then all, everyone hated him after that. People that loved him. He was removed from his uh, place of, uh, his, his familiar place, his home, his beautiful home where he was 
adored by his parents. And all of a sudden, all that was gone. Can you imagine? That would break me. Right? Your big brothers throw you in the, beat you up and throw you in the pit. Right? So he trusted God in his brokenness. Trusted God in his brokenness. So by taking him out of his comfortable circumstances to stretch him, to stretch it. Sometimes we refuse to be stretched by God. God often has to break us before he can use us. So he's got to break us to be usable. He has to break us to be usable. He has to break us to be usable. Right? Break us to be. See, let me tell you. Your story is your gift. Whatever broke you is not your gift. What happened to Joseph? Right? He was broken, thrown in a pit, went to the palace, right? Using his gifts. So your story is your gift. Your story is your gift. So whatever broke you now becomes your gift, becomes your testimony. You're much stronger now. So think about it. Whatever broke you becomes your gift. Sometimes people, like things, need to be broken in order to be better. Right? God keeps us broken for it is when we are least confident in, in ourselves to fix our problems that we are most reliant upon him. And God breaks us till we get to a point where we're just fully dependent on him, fully reliant on him. So Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to those who have, who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. That is powerful. It's interesting that it says in this verse that the Lord is close to those who have a broken heart. He is close to those who have a broken heart. So what's the opposite? What's the opposite? We become distant from him if our hearts are not broken, if, we're, if our spirits are not broken, right? So he is close to those. That means he uses those. He come, he, um, he, uh, he uses, he raises those that are broken up to be used by him. Amen. Broken things are better. Yeah. Broken people are better. He says, I'm close. That means if we are broken, like we are closer to God. Right? Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Right? Did I lose anyone? So in order for us to be like Christ, we have to do what he did. He was broken for us. <laughs> he was broken for us. When we take communion, we break of the body of Christ. He was broken for us. So we need to be broken. We need to be broken. So God has to unfix some things in our lives, right? Some things that we have learned 
So this is the time where we get into the pit of uh, uh, things that we attach ourselves to, right? Uh, uh, God has to re- uh, release those things from us, those attachments that we, we are accustomed to, to have in our lives. God wants to remove. That's the time when you're in the pit where God will remove some of those attachments. God has to break us. If it ain't broke, God can't fix it. God will break something in your life that only he can fix. He breaks it and he fixes it. He makes it brand new. Breaks that old life, he fixes a new one for us. Breaks that old life, fix a new one. Breaks that old attitude, give you a new one. Oh, God is so good. Stop asking God to get you out of this pit. Ask him, what do you want to break? Well, I'm in this pit. Because I want to come out better. I want to come out new. Right? That's a, that's a palace mentality. Just like, God, do what you need to do to me in this pit, in this season that, that, I, that I'm in right now. Do what you need to do. Break me. Break it off. I want to be broken because if I'm broken, I'm closer to you. I want to be used in the pit and in the palace. Oh, man. God, if we are not broken, it's hard to receive anything from God. Imagine you meet someone that's um, starving, right? Um, dying of hunger. But you notice their mouths are stitched and their hands behind their back. You can try to give them food, but there's no way for them to eat it because there's no way for them to receive it yeah. because their mouths are, are stitched and their hands are behind our back, up behind their back. That's the same with our spiritual lives. No matter how much God loves us, no matter how much he wants to do for us, no matter how much he wants to give us, right? He cannot, we cannot receive if we refuse to bend or break. Because we have our hands behind our back and our mouth is just like, no, I refuse. You have not made a decision to obey. I refuse. I, I refuse. I, I refuse. God's trying to give you this new life. He's trying to get you out of a pit. He's trying to stretch you. Some people refuse to be stretched by God. See, in the stretch, it's uncomfortable to be stretched by God. Don't look for comfort. <laughs> just look to the comforter. Some people, they don't want to be stretched. Like, no, 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 pastor, that's not my, that's, that's not my gift. That's, that's, that's not my gift. That's, that's, that's not my gift. Give it to someone else who's like this, who's praising him in the pit, who still worship him in all seasons and trust him in all seasons. No, pastor, that's not, that's, that's not, that's not me. 
That's, that's not me. That's not me. It's hard. We go through life. So the pit becomes a pitfall. We, start, we live in the pit. It's not designed. Imagine if Joseph never got out of the pit. Would we be talking about him? Or would we be saying, you know that guy that was in the pit? And that's it. That's, you know. We, wouldn't be, we really wouldn't have anything to say about Joseph if he remained in the pit. So the story with the truth we need to learn is how he got out of the pit, how he trusted God in the pit. Is somebody with me? Yes, amen. So there is a breaking process, and this is it. We're going to go. We got a nice little celebration, the kids today, VBS. So it's just a breaking process. The breaking process is this. We empty ourselves. God purifies us, right? So we empty ourselves. God purifies us. He fills us. Then he pours us back out. So he empties us. He purifies us. He fills us. Then he pours us back out. So we have to be empty. So when you are in the pit, it's designed to empty out all the things, right, that you absorb, that your heart absorbed over the years. That's not of God. So he has to empty it out. We have to make room for God. Right? You know what the Bible says about the new wine, pouring the new wine in the old bottle? Right? So it's got to be something new for God to pour into. A new vessel, a clean vessel, an empty vessel. God loves the empty vessel. Right? So I love it. Every day, Pastor Steve told us how to, how to pray last week. So every day, I'm like, God, empty this vessel. Like, empty this vessel so that way I'll make room for him to pour something new in me. Yeah. Just empty out this, this vessel. We have to empty those things out in order for God to fill us with his power. Right? So some people want God to just fill him with his power with old stuff in us. He needs an empty vessel to pour into. So if there's fear, pour it out. <laughs> right? Is this pride? Pour it out. Empty all of those things out. Then God will purify us and fill us. In Ezekiel 36, 25, and I'm going to close. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. Listen to this. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. 
So God gives us, so he, he empties us out, then he purifies us. Here we go with the blood, cleans us and washes with the blood of Christ. We come out looking so beautiful, right? Come out looking so beautiful, come out looking just like him in his own image. And then, then now he says, now I, I'm going to fill you with my spirit. Like the heart that was broken before is going to become new. The people that did you wrong in the past, I'm going to make your heart new. Your heart would just desire me more than ever. I will give you a clean heart and I will put a new spirit within you. Then the spirit he puts in us, listen to this, the spirit he put in us will cause us to walk in his ways. No matter what season, it will cause us to walk in his ways. God wants us to be broken, to be used by him. We don't have enough broken Christians. God wants us to be broken. And then as he fill us, then it's the pouring out in all seasons, right? So when you, are, when you face a trial, here's come that sponge. We'll come, what's in our heart will come out. What will come out will be the spirit of God. Will be spirit. That will be your response to everything. The spirit of God will come out of you. The spirit of God will come out of you. No matter what, going on in your life, you will make the decision to obey him because his spirit is in you and you will want to follow his ways. I don't know about you, but I want to follow God. Like I want to follow his ways. Even when times are hard. Even when I don't feel like it. (laughs) Because I know it would benefit me in the long run if I follow his ways. So trusting in God is not a feeling. It's just a decision to obey. It's a decision to obey every day, every day. It's this, God, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I'm just gonna do this. I'm trusting you when I don't know how to trust you. I'm just doing this. I'm just making a decision to obey you. I put my life in your hands, and this is how I'm doing it. Every day, I just make the decision to obey. I love what the coat represented. It represented the call on Joseph's life. As I was meditating, the Lord their lives parallel, right? Joseph's life was pointing to the life of Jesus. So could it be, could it be that God's teaching us through Joseph in the Old Testament how to put on the character of Christ? Mm. 
Come on, stand with me. God is calling us deeper. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. I know world's going wild. People trusting in so many other movements, following different movements other than God. They just doing this. They, they trust in this movement. They trust in what this person's saying, what that person's saying. God's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Trust me. None of us here know what's going on. We can try to get all the revelation we, we can get of actually what's going on, what God is actually doing. But God's like, <laughs> he loves listening to us, right? Because we become the best scholars. We're like, as if we're sitting in heaven with him, having conversations with him, and he's telling us everything about what's going on. We don't, we, as much as we hear from him, and we do, but we don't know everything. Yeah. We don't know all what God is doing. But that's actually the best position that we can be in. Because he's just saying, trust me. Because if you knew everything, if you knew what God was doing, what reason would you need to trust him? So as the world is going crazy, all these movements, you listen to the news and this and that, people angry, people talking about, you know, COVID and all this, and they don't know what's going on, what's going on, talking about the election and all this and that, who to choose, who to vote for, blah, blah, blah. God say, wait a second, children of God, trust me. funny when you trust God you look at man you look at people you could just laugh at them it's like you have no idea who my God is like I know what you say I know how much how many bad things how much bad things are happening out there whatever but I I trust in my God because none of us have the last say. He does. So the first week, how do we trust God? How do we trust God? Very simple. Very simple, but hard for us to do, but I'm going to challenge all of us to do it. Very simple. Make the decision to obey Him every day. Just make the decision to obey him. Don't try to figure anything out. Make the decision to obey him. Just make the decision to obey him. Don't pick and choose areas you need to trust God in. No. Give him your heart, all of your heart, everything, everything, everything. Can we just practice doing that? Let's just take a moment and just like, Lord, just give me, I give you my heart. Just, I want everyone, just hands are raised, just Make the decision to trust them. Just give them your heart. Just give them your heart right now. Just, just give them, give them your heart. If, even if you, you think that you're doing really well in this area, just we, we have to die daily. So it's your dying moment. We all need to die daily. Give them my heart. Just give them. Come on, just take, just take all of me. God, just take my whole heart. Just take my whole heart. 
That's time I say to God, I don't know what to do with it. God, you take it. You take it. You take it. Just take it. Just, give, just take a moment. Come on. Because when we give him our hearts, he will transform it. I'm telling you, he will transform it. Like, Lord, I'm going to make the decision to obey you every day. Every day. You know, it's not enough to say, I hear people say all the time, well, you know we fall short of his glory. We have to stop using that as an excuse. That means that's giving us an excuse not to obey him. Well, you know, I mean, you know, no one's perfect. Right? No one's perfect, but we serve a perfect God. Yeah. And we, that's, we need to, that's who we need to obey, a perfect God. So come on, just give them your hearts. Make the decision to obey. Make the decision to obey. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.